Conspiracy theories are most often a smokescreen to divert us from the true evil. My dad was right. This family's money is dirty. Imagination is far more fascinating than reality. Welcome to Working for Uncle Henry, the podcast. I'm the series author and your narrator, Angela Mullins. Chapter 22. They followed Zachary up the A6 Northwest with plenty of time for Parker's curiosity to get the best of him concerning the touring journal they'd just acquired. He grabbed Jennifer's Petromarket tote from the back seat and pulled it out. No, 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 Jennifer warned. Uncle Henry won't be happy if you damage that. I'm sure he's taught you the dangers of skin oils on old paper and fabric. I've been cataloging his precious acquisitions for a few months now, in case you've forgotten. But she was right again. If he did damage it, well, he didn't need that on his record. He sighed and pushed the legendary Codebreaker's mysterious journal back into the bag with hopes he would get to review it once he had it safely home. The math wouldn't mean anything to him, of course, but the general history of it intrigued him. The more than four-hour tail through the French countryside was easier than expected. The traffic was just heavy enough to keep them hidden, but still able to keep up. Zachary never suspected a thing. Or perhaps he was well aware and wanted them to follow. By dusk, he had led them straight into the center of Paris, the first adirondacement on the right bank of the Seine, in front of a trendy hotel Jennifer was no stranger to. She smiled. Give me your cap. What? Why? Because if I'm going to get in there... She nodded toward the tan, weathered stucco building that disguised one of the hippest hotels in Paris. I'm going to need to cover up as much as possible. Parker reluctantly handed over his Carolina Panthers cap, still not grasping his cousin's fame and that they were in the middle of her world now. You may not see them right now, but the paparazzi will come out of the woodworks if they see me, especially with a good-looking, mysterious man. You, she added. She pulled her coat and her white tote from the back seat, put her ponytail under the cap, and slipped on her Gucci sunglasses before getting out of the vehicle. Parker joined her on the steps. He still wasn't even sure where they were. Two nondescript black signs with gold lettering flanking the entrance read Hotel Costa. They strolled down a long hallway of lush red carpeting lined with mirrored walls and rows of lantern sconces. To Parker, it was like entering a den of debauchery, and he decided Hotel Costa must be French for Hotel Costalot. They found an out-of-the-way corner to wait for Zachary to check in and enter the elevator. 17th century decor in red velvets and gold accents, bathed in a devilish dim amber light, created an air of intoxicating decadence that made Parker's gut churn, and the flowers everywhere, from real roses to the wallpaper and the floral-perfumed scents that filled every space. Even the music playing in the background had an allure bent on the hypnotic. He felt out of place. Jennifer obviously was not. He was glad she knew her way around, but wished she wasn't so familiar with such places. 
His spirit told him this wasn't the kind of place one should be at ease in. Jennifer glanced at the hostess and smiled at seeing a friendly face. Wait here, she told Parker. From a distance, Parker watched Jennifer work her charm on a female this time. Jennifer discreetly revealed her identity to the hostess. They had a little laugh and Jennifer reached out and touched her hand. She definitely knew how to work a person. She was acquainted with the hostess on duty, having given the young French girl a Versace dress for a date with a special guy several months back. As a result, Jennifer had made a friend for life. She booked two rooms on the same floor as Zachary, a little daring, perhaps, but how else would they keep up with him? Besides, if Zachary spotted Jennifer, she had stayed here many times. But would he buy a coincidence, especially if he had also seen her at the antiques market that morning? Jennifer ordered room service for their dinner. It had been a long day with little to eat. She wasn't accustomed to that, but Parker was. The main course was duck, but he didn't care what any of it was. After all, in the last 24 hours, he had conquered goose liver and raw beef. His manners devolved to scarfing down every bite. They ate in his room because the peephole in his door provided a direct view down the adjoining hallway where Zachary's room was located, a perfect view down the dimly lit narrow passage. Parker, remembering they had a job to do, jumped up from the table and peered out the peephole of his door. I hope Zachary hasn't left. Don't worry, Jennifer reassured him. I asked Chloe to let me know if the man in D-56 checked out. Who's Chloe? The hostess. She's on duty all night. Jennifer checked her watch as if she had somewhere to be and then told him good night. Parker checked the peephole a few more times, not confident in Chloe's reliability. Finally, when he felt certain their suspect had retired for the night, he did the same. Sleep didn't come easily, but he managed a few hours. He got up early, checking the peephole again and again, then slipped out and knocked on Jennifer's door. He pulled his cap down over his forehead and surveyed the hallways while he waited. He expected Jennifer to still be asleep and was surprised when she opened the door wearing a plush hotel robe and towel drying her hair. Oh, you're up. Not only was Jennifer up and showered, so was Raphael, who entered from the bathroom in the process of wrapping a towel around his waist. Raphael, came Parker's uncomfortable greeting after stepping inside the room. Bonjour, the suave Frenchman replied with a nod. His wet hair was combed back and beads of water peppered his firm chest, a hairless chest that was not naturally so. He strolled to a desk by the window to fetch a cigarette. Watching Parker's reaction to Raphael amused Jennifer. Good morning, Parker, she said, regaining his attention. Good morning, he replied, not taking his eyes off Raphael. He didn't want to discuss their business in this guy's presence, and was pleased when Raphael took his cigarette out onto the tiny terrace overlooking an outside dining area. He was still wearing only a towel. What's he doing here? I always see Raphael when I'm in Paris. Well, you didn't waste any time, that's for sure. She tucked her chin and gave him that reprimanding stare that still made him nervous. No, I didn't. She strode to a table in the front of the terrace door to get a cigarette for herself. Any sign of Zachary this morning? She asked after lighting it and taking a draw. No. So he's okay? 
Parker nodded his head in Raphael's direction. You trust him? Raphael? No, she laughed. He's not okay. He's not a particularly nice person, but I trust him. Parker shook his head in confusion. That doesn't make sense. She took a drag from her cigarette. I trust him because I know him, not because he's honest. Raphael returned from the terrace and put his cigarette out in the ashtray near the terrace window. Jennifer moved toward him and grinned. A racy novel of communication passed silently between them. Parker blushed and turned toward the door to resume his watch. Halfway out the door, he turned back to ask Jennifer when she might be ready to leave. Perfect timing to see Jennifer snatch off Raphael's towel. Parker quickly slipped out and back to his room to wait and watch. Two hours later, Jennifer tapped on Parker's door. He opened it immediately because he had spent most of that time watching through the peephole. Any sign of him this morning? She asked, slipping into Parker's room. She wore faded gray skinny jeans, an oversized t-shirt, designer boots that rivaled Parker's motorcycle boots in appearance, and a light gray fur jacket. Items she had asked Chloe to pick up for her after her shift. Jennifer tossed the jacket onto Parker's bed. No, he was a little put out with her casualness. Have you been looking through that all morning? Parker shrugged. What else was I going to do? I put my cap on and strolled down the hall a few times. The dark lighting in this place helps with being incognito. Raphael gone? Yes. She offered no further narrative on her visitor. The room service Jennifer ordered earlier arrived. The waiter rolled in a beautifully arranged card of fruit, toast, juice, coffee, and eggs benedict. Parker's face lit up with joy. But as he watched the waiter leave the room, he saw Zachary leaving his, pulling his luggage. They each grabbed something from the cart and followed him all the way to the east side of Paris. Zachary stopped at an area of warehouses on a seedy, graffiti-riddled part of town. He turned his white BMW through an automated iron gate parked near a door and went inside one of the warehouses. Jennifer eased into the lot and stopped. She and Parker stared at each other silently, contemplating whether they should sneak inside. In their deliberations, they failed to notice the electronic gate closing behind them until the loud click of its latch sounded out. Jennifer cursed. Parker groaned. So much for situational awareness. Before either had time to do much else, a man greeted each of them at their door. Men wielding handguns pointed directly at them. Parker and Jennifer stared at each other. For the first time, true fear passed between them. He turned toward his door first and reluctantly opened it. Jennifer followed suit. Simultaneously, they experienced the prick of a small needle piercing their necks, consequentially resulting in their slumped bodies being dragged out of the vehicle. Well, the cousins appear to have gotten themselves into a fine mess. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for goodies. 